Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uncensored Sales Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dowdy, and I am pumped to be talking to Alyssa Light today and kind of fun. Alyssa um, has a fun brand name. name. She goes by a twist in her brand, which I think is super fun, and she's going to tell us that story. But Alyssa's going to chat with us today, but I always love to tell you guys how I met my guests. And Alyssa actually came into the Sales Skills for Women in Business Facebook group, like I do with everyone in that community. I said hello. We started talking. I learned the cool stuff that she does as a speaker in her business. And she was like, hey, we should grab a virtual coffee. And we did. And I thought that she had such a cool message and um, would really love to share that with you guys. So welcome, Twist, to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Thanks, friend. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. So you um, are literally a career speaker, which I think is so cool, which is why when we first started talking, I was like, oh my gosh, tell me more. Um, so this is actually, guys, we're going to do a two-part series here. So Alyssa um, is going to tell her story about how she became a speaker. Um, and then next time she's going to help us uh, talk more about like selling from stage and all those different things as well. So we'll do that in a separate podcast. You guys know me, short, sweet, to the point, and, and both of us are a little wordy. So we're breaking this up into two for you. <laughs> um, but, you know, Tristan, Jump in, tell us, tell us your story. How did you wind up here where you are um, in your business and in your life? So, yeah, so there's a, a lot of different aspects to what I do. I actually tell people, Ryan, that I look like a scatterbrain on paper. <laughs> the truth is that I have all of these really beautiful transferable skills. And that's one of the aspects of being a speaker that's so important is being able to, you know, adapt to different audiences and to different platforms as well. Because mm -hmm. when I speak on a podcast, it's not the same as being on a stage. And speaking to 20 people is not the same as speaking to 200 people or 500 people or 1,000 people. So the, one of the big things that's great about having a diverse experience for anybody who's like, what am I gonna do? Is that you have really beautiful transferable skills. So I started my entrepreneurial journey when I was 11. <laughs> I glued fur to rocks and I sold them as pet rocks at my school Christmas fair. And people loved them. And I would stand at my table and say, they don't poop. You don't have to clean up after them. They don't need a bath. All they do is sit there and they're your friend. They're always there for you. And my girlfriend and I each made uh, $200. And we walked away feeling like millionaires. And of so that course. was really the start. Yeah, that was the start of my entrepreneurial journey. I started an official business at 17. I won a government award to start a business and went on to be a goldsmith. And I can't practice that trade anymore, but I've always loved business and have been invited to speak on many a stage. So I jumped into this and thought, gee, I wonder if I could get paid to speak. I found a mentor and then I started speaking. And one of the things that was really important to me was to have a portfolio. So I wasn't just a pie in the sky. Here's this great idea that I've never tested speaker. I wanted to say, this is what I did. This is what was accomplished. Here are the mistakes we made. Here's what we did better the next time so that other people could really understand that even if it seemed like a strange idea or a different concept that they'd never heard, that it was absolutely implementable and we could give them the steps to do it. So that's a very brief description of how I arrived where I am. Awesome. And then tell us, so what does that look like? Because you have a couple of signature talks and you've done everything from keynote talks. You've told me breakout talks. Um, tell us a little bit about what you speak on. And then I'd love to know also kind of the difference between 
a keynote and a breakout for anybody. You know, I work, a lot of my listeners are, are newer entrepreneurs, so they may not even know those things. So, but tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So let's start with uh, my topics. Yeah. So I used to talk about anything and everything because mm -hmm. one of my mentors said, anytime you get an opportunity to speak, just speak. And his wife was a speaker and her opinion was only speak on what you know. So it was really interesting to have two conflicting pieces of advice from professionals. What I realized is that only speaking on what I know best was the right thing for me to do after I had a few failures on stage, one really big one. And I think what's really important for everybody to know is that when you stick to what you know, you shine on stage because you're not tripping over yourself. Yes. So that's what I did. And you know, I, I have, because of my vast experience, I could speak on different stages. So I tried out things that I knew and ultimately made the decision only to speak about marketing, specifically offline marketing and positioning statements. So that was what I did. And one of the reasons, the big reasons that I still get hired is because I have this beautiful genius thing that I can do where I get on stage, I call people up and I ask them what they do. And then I create marketing on the spot for them, even though I've never met them. Oh, how fun. And that was one way that I took one company. Here's a great example. Spoke at a women's event. And this woman, she told me that she was in construction. And mm -hmm. what she realized after we talked was that she really isn't in construction. They do, um, kitchens and bathrooms in a really high-end area and I said really then what you do are you create kitchens their neighbors want to have dinner in and she went oh yeah that's exactly what I do and I said you are not in construction like that's what you do and so it was like the first time that she had ever realized that she wasn't just in construction how fun I love that mm -hmm. I really love that so that's the kind of stuff I get hired for. And then a year ago, I was at, down in Philadelphia at Heroic Public Speaking Live, which is an incredible event put on by Michael and Amy Port. Uh, they own the company, Heroic Public Speaking, and they train speakers, like the best speakers in the world train with them. And uh, I went down to their event, and I went out for lunch with uh, a lovely woman invited me out for lunch called AJ. And she had invited several other people who were best-selling authors and all of this. And we were sitting there and one of them said, uh, has anyone ever hired? Because I don't know what to do when I hire somebody. And I said, oh, sure. I said, this is what I do. And so I told them and the table just hushed. And all of a sudden they said, Alyssa, like, that's what you need to talk about. And because I, I developed a recruiting system that has candidates filter themselves. And I tested it over the course of, um, you know, or developed it over the course of a longer period of time uh, with millennials because I hired a hundred millennials in three years. Wow. And what I didn't realize about the people sitting at that table was just how much experience they had and where this kind of uh, credibility in their advice was coming from. So Ryan, do you know the book Profit First? Yes, I do. I was actually just reading some Profit First stuff this morning. So you have, you know who Profit First is, you know the book, yep. you know Mike. And at that particular lunch, his co-author, his ghostwriter, AJ, that I mentioned, Anjanette, she was the one that invited me for lunch that day. Huh. 
Yeah. So you never know what kind of group you're in and what kind of, you know, excitement is created by something that, that you think, oh, well, doesn't everybody just know how to do this? Right. Mm -hmm. That's so true. There's so many things you said there and I have, I have follow up questions two that I think are super relevant. One, what you said, like speak on what you know. So yeah. we often, and you know, knowing a lot, I work with a lot of newer entrepreneurs and a lot of mm -hmm. them are like, I'm not sure what services to offer in my business. When mm -hmm. you're brand new, you offer what you know, and then you grow, right? Like if you don't know, you know, Instagram, but you're really good at Facebook, don't position yourself as a social media manager. Facebook yourself a minute or position yourself as a Facebook marketer. Cause that's what exactly. you know. And then yeah. you can teach yourself Instagram, right? You can learn it, you can study it and then you can add it. Um, so I thought that was really relevant. And then too, like you never ever know who's in a room. Um, and I think that's important for several reasons, obviously networking and professional reasons. Um, but also just life, you know, life in general, like how you and I on our paths came across and you never know what that leads to. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we get so focused on, I got to find a client or I got to find a deal or I'm mm -hmm. here to do this, that we forget to just like open our minds and our hearts and say, Hey, let's just go talk to some cool people and see what happens. Which and, is you like know, such a cool story for you. It's such a cool story. And you know what? The story gets even better. Can I give you some more of this juice? Cause it's of really course, relevant for your audience. Yes. So at that event, I learned more in three days about the speaking industry, specifically, sorry, the craft of speaking. So not the business piece of it, but the craft mm -hmm. of it within mm -hmm. the industry. And I went, I have to learn from these people. And I just came back from another one of their events. Actually, I'm super excited about that. Anyway, last October, I went, that's it. I have this event in January that's, that was a big one for me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? This could be a launch pad for me. Because up until that point, although I had been paid well as a speaker, it was on a more national stage. Mm -hmm. And I went, okay. So I spent five months preparing one speech. Wow. And within that five months, now I didn't work on it 40 hours a week, you know, that kind of thing. But sure. I worked on it for five months. I went so far as to rent a room at my community center and sell tickets to have people come and criticize me so that I could know what was working and what wasn't, what was landing with the audience, how it was landing and the differences I could make before I got to my main stage. Wow. So I hosted that, so I did that, and I did really well in January. Now, I had a few markers of success for that because I set out my own markers of success, and quite honestly, I thought, these are really big, I don't know if I'm going to achieve these. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. We'll see. I blew them out of the water by 400%. Wow. And three weeks later, when that organization's uh, keynote speaker backed out for a smaller conference, they called me. And That's so cool. It's so cool. And what's really important to know is I did not get paid. I actually got paid like a tenth of my fee for that keynote. But it doesn't matter because those people knew that I was there for them and they were honest with me. Like we, they called and they said, we don't have the money, but there's nobody like you are so good. You're our first phone call. We want you. Would you help us? Of course I will help you. Now they rebooked me for 2020 and mm -hmm. because of an introduction that I received at their first conference and a referral that they gave me later, I'm now a headliner out at another conference for a week next month. So you never know how far it's going to take you. And once you get into an industry, you just flow through that industry. Mm -hmm. Like there isn't just 
one graphic design conference or right. one sales conference. Like you can get hired and you can be the salesperson for your topic. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Absolutely. that. I love that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about selling yourself as a speaker. Okay. And, and with you being a marketer, I feel like I can ask you this question off the cuff. Like, is it any different than selling yourselves as a social media manager or selling yourself as a business coach when you're selling yourself as a speaker? Do you think that the sale is any different for any reason? Yes, I do. Ooh, tell me why. Yeah, I do. So now I'm also answering this from the perspective of I have grown everything I've ever done organically. I've never done paid advertising. Okay. Okay. I might've just lied to you. I paid $135 for an advertisement in my local paper when I was 17 and did a jewelry <laughs> show. So I just lied to you. But I, so I have grown everything organically. And the difference between, I think, regular sales and speaking sales is that because, you know, I just talked a minute ago about how you get into one sort of industry and you're that speaker for that industry for a period of time until it runs dry mm-hmm. or until you create new content and they rehire you. Right. And that it's different because when we have relationships with event planners, those relationships are, are, I'll go so far as to say sacred. Okay. Because most of the time in an industry, if you're trying to make a sale, it's dog eat dog. Like that's very much how it is. And in the speaking industry, it's, you can become the person, you can become the speaker whom event planners go to, to refer other speakers. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not like a social media manager where, you know, you have to sell yourself to your competition. You're selling yourself to an, to the event planner and the event planner actually winds up plugging you in in a lot of different places potentially. Totally. It also looks like this. I spoke for the HR association of Canada, one of their chapters mm-hmm. a couple of mornings ago. And, uh, at our dinner the evening before they said to me, Hey, Alyssa, we have this leadership conference coming up. We can't hire you because once you've spoken, you have to wait a year to come back to a chapter. So we can't hire you because it's in June, but who do you know that speaks that you could refer to us because they trust me. I can refer my people to them. Yes. So I'm not only building a relationship with an event planner, I'm actually looking at other speakers as my collaborators because mm-hmm. friends get friends work. That's what right. we say in this industry. I like that. So if they want to book Orlando Bowen or Unstoppable Tracy or Blake Fly, I can introduce them to all of those people because I know them personally. I have relationships with those people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how I think that sales in speaking is different. Okay. I like it. I like it. What an interesting perspective. What an interesting industry. So um, I know the next time we chat, we're going to talk more about like selling from stage and those types of things. But you had shared some really interesting information with me, Alyssa, that I, when we chatted in our coffee chat about the difference of like different ways, like getting paid as a keynote, mm-hmm. getting paid as a, mm-hmm. um, a breakout speaker, like opportunities when you can sell from stage and not sell from stage. Can you give us like the three minutes cliff notes of that? Cause I was just mind blown by that. I was like, Ooh, mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, it was, you were a keynote speaker or you weren't. And mm-hmm. you know, that was it. So I was really interested in that. And I think other people will find that interesting too. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it may be more than a three minute conversation. So let's explore it also in our next call in our next podcast. So the basics are there's a keynote speaker, Mm -hmm. a breakout speaker and a workshop speaker. 
Mm -hmm. So a keynote speaker is responsible for, and as Michael Port says, striking the keynote at the conference. So however that starts, if you're the opening keynote, that bleeds through the whole conference. If you're the closing keynote speaker, then you are responsible for wrapping up all of the energy and the excitement and everything that's gone into that over the past however many days that it's been. One day, four days, 10 days, however long this conference is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your job as the keynote speaker is to have a vision that other people can live into and share. That's what okay. it is. So there may be some how-to in it, but it's not a step-by-step -step speech. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's more entertainment than content usually, because you're using anecdotal evidence to support the vision that you're sharing and imparting on your audience. Mm -hmm. So that's keynote. Got it. Okay. Breakout is this is how to do the thing that I'm excited about. So if you were the keynote speaker and you're also doing a breakout, let's say your topic is uh, canning strawberry jam. Okay. So that I just came up with that. So canning That's a strawberry very off the cuff one. I like it. I like yes. Well, topic. I have to tell you, I made the best strawberry jam this year. It was so good. So that's why it came up. <laughs> All right. So you're on stage and you're like, you have no idea when you go to Hoffman's, they have the best strawberries. And here's what you can do. You can ask the person there where the ripest strawberries are because you're doing pie or jam or whatever it is you're doing. And they'll direct you to a new place. Where else in your life can you be directed when you ask great questions? Okay, so that's very keynote. Okay. Breakout is, now listen, here's what you're going to do. When you arrive, you're going to go talk to this person and you're going to do this. And here are the five steps that you're going to follow. And for the best jam, you know, try out putting a little bit of white balsamic vinegar in. Here are my favorite, you know, that kind of step-by-step -step direction. Got it. Okay. Workshop, we're going to go make that strawberry jam, let me tell you. Okay. Okay, so it's done with you. Mm -hmm. So we go from here's the vision to here's how to do it to let's do it together. Got it. Those are the three types of speakers. I love it. And then you could potentially do all three of those. And those all three are instrumental in a speaking career, correct? Yes and no. Okay. So generally speaking, once you end up as a keynote speaker, then you mostly just do keynotes. Okay. Now, there are pieces, and we'll talk about this in the next podcast, about how you can, you know, provide a bonus to an event planner so they don't want to pay your keynote fee or um, they want you to do something extra. And you can offer, you know, I'll do a breakout session as an extra without adding more to the fee or as a bonus to the fee. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But generally speaking, that's how it is. And I don't know a lot of keynote speakers who do workshops. I actually don't know if I know any. Okay. I say that. That's funny. I should look and ask a couple of friends. I don't know any of them that do that. I will offer a workshop, um, but it's not the primary thing that I go for when I speak. Sure. Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then uh, one more question about speaking um, as just as, as an opportunity. So you are, um, you know, obviously out there selling yourself, booking yourself, as a speaker, all of those different things. Um, how do, is the marketing strategy any different as a speaker than it is as, say, a coach or social media manager or something Ooh, along those great, lines? Great, great information here. Are you ready? I'm ready. The sales cycle is so long. Okay. 
I can and see you that have for to sure. Get really dedicated. Like I'm right now and being referred for gigs in 2021. Oh, I'm sure. Like I'm it's sure your big conferences that are right? going to pay mm -hmm. a decent keynote fee are, mm -hmm. are booked and planned for, for sure. I can definitely see that. Yeah, like even smaller events, so like chapter meetings at association conferences, the one that I spoke at that I mentioned a moment ago that I spoke at on Wednesday morning this week, mm -hmm. I booked that last January. Mm -hmm. So you have wow. to know that the sales cycle is long. And one thing that a lot of speakers do, and I hear this, I did, do you know Alicia May from the Six Figure Event Podcast? I do not. Okay, let me, remind me after, I'm going to introduce you to her, okay, because she's way really cool. Fun. Okay. Um, she and I did a series of podcasts where it was what event planners want from speakers and then what speakers want from event planners. Ooh, fun. And something I learned from her and I've heard other places as well is I book a speaker and then they just disappear until they show up at the event. And I hate that because what I want is to have a relationship. So I spend a lot of time building relationships. And they're not in ways that you would normally expect. Can I share one of those with you? Of course, please do. So I work with this wonderful, wonderful man called Jim Landry. And he has a landscaping conference that he is uh, partly responsible for. And it's all of the Atlantic provinces in Canada that come together once a year for this event. And I met him at an event, of, uh, gosh, almost a year ago now. And mm -hmm. I didn't meet him with the intention of selling him anything. One of his delegates who saw me speak introduced me to him and said, please bring her to our event. So I've both kept up a relationship with the person who referred me and with Jim. And it was like probably six months before Jim actually confirmed the booking with me. I found out just in conversation with him that his wife, Teresa, absolutely loves quilting. Now, you may have heard a minute ago me, me talk about strawberry jam. Yeah. It's because I am an old lady stuck in a 36-year-old woman's body, and I am 100% okay with that. <laughs> I also quilt. And I happen to do the layout for the book of one of the biggest fiber artists in the world. Her work has been shown in like eight countries, several continents. She's amazing. And I had the privilege of doing the layout for her book almost four years ago. Wow. So I telephoned her and I said, Maggie, I need a copy of your book signed for this lovely woman called Teresa. And she said, no problem. Come by. We'll have tea. So I had a bunch of books signed all at once and I sent the book out for Teresa. Do you really think that that didn't also leave an impact for Jim? Right. Of course it did. I didn't do it for that reason. I did it because I love people and I want to share things with other people who love what I love. And that is how we create belonging in business. And although we haven't talked about that on this podcast yet, we are going to talk about it on the next one because yes. I firmly believe that you can build your entire business through creating belonging for other people, not through yucky sales. Right. You go, hey, look, we have this in common. Hey, look, can I share this with you? People go, I would love that. Right. Because people are waiting to be invited to a place where they feel like they belong. Yes. Yes. I read, and I've talked about this on the podcast before too, Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes. Um, I don't know. Have you read that? I have not read Year of Yes. It's in the pile. I have several right now that I have in the pile. Well, so that's a good one because that's what she talks about. Like she talks about all of the characters on, um, you know, TGIT and why they all exist. And they all exist mm -hmm. because she wanted people to see themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why, you know, Olivia Pope is a black woman and, um, you know, 
different characters were gay and different characters were Asian and white and all this other stuff because mm -hmm. they, she wanted people to see to, a sense of belonging, a sense of fitting in. Like that, that's mm -hmm. me. I can see myself in that person. Mm -hmm. um, and that's exactly what you just described. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it. if I get a phone call and I've had this happen several times, an event planner will call me and say, Hey, can you speak for our, and they give me, you know, their industry. And mm -hmm. I will say to them, you know what, I'm not the right person to speak. I'm not, but I know who is, and I'm going to refer that person. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to take somebody's money if right. I don't know that I can make a contribution to right. their audience because I have a reverence for the stage and a respect for the stage the way that I have that same feeling when people trust me with their children. Right. Mm -hmm. I take it that seriously. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as business owners, and we talk about that all the time in, in this community and on this podcast, it's about the idea of, yeah, I mean, we are all here to provide good service. Like mm -hmm. that is when sales is not yucky, is when you are 110% confident in the service and the results that you can provide for someone. Mm -hmm. That's when it's no longer yucky because all you're doing is, is transferring that enthusiasm, transferring that inspiration, transferring, um, you know, your emotion and passion for what you do to that other person. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it's right there in line with that. So you and I could go on forever and ever and ever, but, um, I, we are going to do this in a second part guys, next podcast, Alyssa and I are going to really drill down into, um, selling from stage, right? So now we've talked about building a career as a speaker, what that kind of looks like selling yourself, building relationships, which what do you know is the theme across everyone we talk to on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, but next time we chat, we're going to talk about, yeah, more of that selling from stage, more of that belonging and stuff that you just mentioned to us. I think that's awesome. Awesome. Um, but tell everybody in the meantime where they can find you, where they can learn more about you, how they can connect with you. Uh, I'm really easy to find on Facebook. It's Alyssa Twist Light. And, you know, if you just look up Twist Light, I will also come up. So, okay. you know, feel free to find me, send me a message, add me, say, hey, you know, can we chat, whatever, and let me know what works for you. Yes. And Twist is a fantastic coffee chatter. We had so much fun. Um, learning about one another, which is like I said, how she wound up here today. So thank you again so much guys. Um, for my listeners, I, I love you guys. I'm excited um, to do part two of this. We're actually recording it on like an entirely separate day. So like I'm in as much suspense as you are waiting for session two. So <laughs> um, I'm excited about that guys. If you haven't yet join us over in the sales skills for women in business, Facebook community, we do a ton of free training, a front of relationship building and networking. And I will see you all on next week's podcast. Take care guys.